Big Red Bench. Come on. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. With Sure 72-hour non-stop protection. Tested to the limits. Sure, it won't let you down. Folks, you're very welcome along to the Big Red Bench. Roy here with you until 7 p.m. this evening and a packed hour of sport coming your way. We are going to look ahead to Cork and Kilkenny tomorrow in Croke Park in the Glendimplex All-Ireland Camogie Championship quarterfinal. A big, big game. We'll be talking to boss Matthew Toomey a little bit later on. Also in the show tonight, reaction from Sarsfield to a crown the Red FM Division 1 Hurling League champions last night. I'm going to be talking to Joe O'Brien Whitmarsh of Cork City after their one-all draw last night with Saying Pat, I'll hear from Liam Buckley. Going to talk to our F1 expert, Sir Mackenzie Foley, on today's British Grand Prix qualifying. And we're talking to Cork boxers Tommy Hyde and Carl Crowley as well. You're listening to The Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. just been thrown in between Galway and Limerick in the All-Ireland Senior Hurling Championship semi-final it's going to be an absolutely cracking game that one will keep you posted on that one as the game progresses but it's shaping up to be an absolute cracker as the All-Ireland Champions face Galway also today Cork losing out to Mead in the All-Ireland Intermediate Camogie Championship quarter-final as it finished Mead 3-11 Cork 1-11 elsewhere in the All-Ireland Camogie quarter-final Tipperary beat Antrim 3-23 points there were two finals down for decision today in the Red FM Hurling League. Ballygarvan faced Tracton and Carrigaline for the Division 6 title. It was Ballygarvan winning on a scoreline of 117 to 16 points. In the Division 7 decider, Niren's own has beaten Glen Rovers 316 to 113. Elsewhere today in golf, Leona Maguire is in a tie for fifth as she prepares for her third round of the US Women's Open at Pebble Beach. The Cavan native teeing off from one under par at quarter past nine Irish time. Elsewhere, she is uh, six strokes, as she said, behind the leader Bailey Tardy of the USA. Claire, amateur Anya Donegan is out from one over par a little bit later on. Seamus Power, meanwhile, one over par through uh, four holes of his third round of the John Deere Classic on the PGA Tour. He is on six under in a tie for 38 at the moment he's seven shots off the leader Cameron Young big news today David De Gea announcing he's left Manchester United after 12 years at the club the Spanish goalkeeper's future had been fairly uncertain since the expiry of his contract at Old Trafford writing on social media De Gea says it's right to uh, it's the right time I should say to undertake a new challenge there's a lovely photograph of him and Alex Ferguson uh, as well as that he posts up because Alex Ferguson obviously brought to the club it was a fantastic uh, post and uh, been interesting to see where David De Gea uh, ends up next uh, Wexford Youth is taking on Galway United for a place in the first ever, ever Avenir Sports All-Island Cup Finals one all approaching full time there at Ferry Carrick Park uh, tennis top seed Carlos Alcaraz is safely through to the last 16 at Wimbledon he's beaten Chinese and Nicholas Jarry three sets to one today uh, world number three Daniil Medvedev beat Marian uh, Martin Futsovic of Hungary three sets to one and uh, later on today the defending champion Lenore Bakla plays British wildcard Katie Boulter and last year's beaten finalists on Jabbers facing the 2019 US Open winner Bianca Andreescu in the Euro Under 21 final England a goal up on Spain second half about to get underway there in Rugby Ireland's Rugby World Cup group rivals South Africa leading Australia 36 points to 5 in this year's uh, Rugby Championship later on New Zealand travelling to Mendoza to face Argentina from 10 past 8 
Formula One world champion Max Verstappen has clinched a fifth straight pole position by qualifying fastest for tomorrow's British Grand Prix. Lando Norris will share the front row after going second quickest for McLaren in his home events. Plenty of drama in that actually in that qualifying session. Uh, Lewis Hamilton's in seventh. We'll be talking to Sarah McKenzie Foley a little bit about that later on. Uh, Limerick and Galway level at a point apiece uh, with three minutes on the clock there at Croke Park. And in cricket, not much action uh, taking place at the Ashes today uh, because of uh, rain. Uh, play only getting underway at about quarter to five. Then it was stopped again for rain after just went over and then they got it back going again. But England are having a good time here. They've taken uh, three wickets in this session. So it is Australia 169 for seven. Uh, in their second innings a lead by 195 runs but as uh, good stuff there from England as I said in this uh, evening session at Hiddingham Alright we are going to start with Gaelic Games and uh, as I mentioned a big day tomorrow for uh, Cork as they face uh, Kilkenny in the All-Ireland Camogie Championship quarter final it's a repeat of last year's final the Cats won by a point ahead of that game Jim McCarthy has been speaking to Cork boss Matthew Toomey Delighted now to be joined here on the Big Red Bench by the Cork Senior Camogie manager Matthew Toomey following Cork's fantastic 319 to 8 points victory in the Glen Dimplex All-Ireland quarterfinal at Cusick Park last weekend. Matthew, you're very welcome back to the Big Red Bench. You must be very, very pleased uh, a day now uh, on from, or a couple of days on from defeating Clare with the performance of your squad. Thanks, sir. Um, I suppose nervous enough going up there um, after Clare running God was so close to a goal um, the, the previous match um, and then like, I suppose the, who have the, the dual pairs and all that and don't so many players were kind of a bit anxious like, but um, credit to the lads like, the, the, the game is over by half time um, they put in a massive shift and we were very very dangerous like our forwards really kind of came to the fore and they were very dangerous every time they attacked we looked like scoring Um so there was a lot of pleasing things to note about, but look, going up there, all we wanted to do was get any kind of results, just some stars, and um, they achieved that. Did you see this performance coming in the training during the week? I know you said there was quite a lot of distractions between the dual player issue and with the injuries, but did you sense from training, I mean, obviously the determination was there, as you could see it from the opening minutes, this is something that you could see happening? Um, definitely, because like, I suppose we've been like this all year, but um, like, uh, Probably said it too many times, but our conversion rate in some of the matches, like the league final, we were like we, we created a lot of chances if we didn't finish. The, the, even the game against Galway in the, the first round of the championship was the same. We dominated the game, we didn't finish. I just think the down game, you know, I know the standard was less. Um, but the down game, we got a ferocious amount of confidence. We got three nineteen against them, and then to go out three nineteen again is um, it, it's some going by the forwards. Like and and you know, if you want to be super critical, like we still left scores after us. We we know that, like but. Look, just things are getting right. The confidence is there. Um, just the, the, the timing of when when they're starting to come together is is good at the moment. Anyway, so like it puts us in good stead for next weekend. And a nice spread of scores as well. Something that's always a good uh, a good sign, Matthew, across your team. I mean, obviously, Amy O'Connor did Amy O'Connor things, but Sarsha McCartan, Fiona Keating, rattling in a fine goal, and Katrina Mackey as well, uh, back uh, back in action. I mean, it, it really was, and Orla Cronin as well, back uh, out on the pitch and scoring. I mean, these are the kind of things you need as a manager. You want the headaches, not the headaches you had over the last couple of weeks, but you want the headaches of right. Well, who do I pick now? Who's coming back? And that's exactly the way you want to be heading into the um, heading up to Crow Park. What are those? The forwards who started did very well. Um, like our kind of ethos this year is, is they empty the tank, and we have a bench, we have a squad. Even with the players were down, we, we still had a very strong bench, and 
like we just ask them to empty the tank and get the players in to finish the game and like to be fair Emma Murphy Claude Flynn like Orla Cronin they all came on and, and made an impression in the game and like you know that's all you want off a, a team and, and, and a squad and you know we've, we've even people you know um, people chomping at the bit even just to make the say the, the 20 in, in, our, in our mind which is it's great for competition for players and the competition for places and the sort of coming on as well which is it's a very healthy thing and the possibility as well of long-term injury absentees, Ashley Thompson and Laura Hayes. I mean, they may or may not be involved this coming weekend. You've got a week to figure that out. But again, two huge additions that I'd walk onto any intercounty team. Absolutely, yeah. Look, we, we, we've kind of we've missed them when 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 they've been. Why haven't been there? Um, like Ashley is Ashley. Like you know, she's lost. You know, she's a class that's on the field, but also in the dressing room. But the the work she's actually doing to get herself in the position where she is, is has been. A, with the cruise but Laura Hayes is the same. She like she suffered a broken foot. She's after kind of scraping time off her recovery, you know, just from her hard work and, and, and looking after herself. So look, the two of them are on the panel for next weekend. But, you know, I presume they won't start, but um, there there is some option, you know, for to, to bring Anna for in trouble. And like I know you mentioned Laura Cronin there, she's the same. Like she's gone through a horrific kind of eighteen months, but look, last weekend to see her on the field and. You know, to me, she's one of the best players in the country, without a doubt. Like, and, and you know, to have her around the place again, you know, Harland the way she is, um, she's a great vision, and and, and uh, you know, an terrorist. So look, that's positive as well. You know, but look, having said that, you know, there's a massive battle for us next week. Like, we're not getting carried away, but look, we're just putting ourselves in a better position to put up a stronger fight. You certainly are, and you head to Croke Park as well to take on Kilkenny. Now, a rerun of last year's All-Ireland final, you know each other well at this stage. We've covered that in previous interviews, Matthew, but the fact that it's in Croke Park and the fact that there's going to be a big crowd there, how much of a big game atmosphere are you expecting and how much are you expecting your players to respond positively to that? Um, I suppose the thing about this team is that when they're back to the wall, like they, it's when they try, you know, we've, um, we've been had a bit of bad luck in games as well, like, but it's, it's, like they thrive on this um, ten, fifteen thousand kilometre support for for the Camogie game. It's, it's, it's all against us, like, but it's it's it's, it's something that the players thrive on. Like it's, it's like you know when the draw was made, we were on the way down the game, and the draw was made, and there was kind of nearly an edge of excitement. You know, we look every game from here on. It's it's going to be massive, like you know, and and look, they're our Ireland champions. They're not going through the, the the campaign unbeaten, so look, it, it, we're up against it as I say. But it's it's what you try, man. Like you know, you want you want to see where you're at um, against the best team, and and, and Kilkenny are, are certainly one of the best teams in the country. They certainly are, as they proved in last year's All Ireland final. We just came up short by a point. Just finally, Matthew, is there anything to be garnered from that final, or is this a brand new set of circumstances? It's in the championship. It's not the final, but look, you've got to face them under merits. Um, will you take anything from last year's All Ireland performance? Not really, like, you know, there's, there's someone mentioned to me over the weekend, you know, if you're going to get revenge, like, that that doesn't even enter our mind. Um, last year was done in dust, we got beaten, you know, fair play to them. This is a new year. Um, like, we, we started off the year very well, and we, we lost farm, you know, between the injuries and, and our own farm. We got beaten and we couldn't get it back, and we lost four in the bounce. And, you know, some people at the start of the year thought we were going to go through the season unbeaten, and then people were thinking we were going to win a game again, so... We just concentrate on, on game by game, like we, like the steps of the stairs. Like we just, with Kilkenny, that's all we're focused on. Yeah, they're a great team. They're a tough team. Um, I, I think we're a different team than last year. We, we're trying to play a different style of hurling, and um, the players respond to us. Look, we, we, what we want to identify is what we 
we might be wrong, but look, we're in there for to make these decisions. We're just trying to play a style of play that suits our team, and we think we have it. But it all comes down now to the there now next next Sunday, and um, if, if if we want them more, we have a great chance of winning it. But you know, anything less, like we're going to be in trouble. Indeed, but you are certainly in a much, much better position following that excellent performance in the All-Ireland quarterfinals to defeat Clare. Cork versus Kilkenny, a repeat of last year's All-Ireland Camogie final next Sunday at Crow Park um, in the quarterfinals of this year's competition. For now, Matthew Toomey, we here on the Big Red Bench wish you and your players all the best. Thank you very much, Sean. Yeah, and I'll certainly echo that. The very best look uh, to Matthew and the Rebels tomorrow in Croke Park. Joe will be there, of course he will. He is the hardest working person in the business for that reason. So we'll have reaction and analysis coming up on the bigger bench tomorrow evening from six. Galway, a point up after 12 minutes. Uh, they're leading Limerick six points to one, two. It's been a lively start to that game. Um, right, uh, last night saw the Red FM Division 1 Hurling League final take place as uh, Sarsfields uh, defeated the reigning champions Black. Rock in a very uh, interesting game last night down in Porky Rin and uh, as always Cork Red FM absolutely delighted uh, to be sponsors of the Red FM Hurling Leagues we've been on now for a couple of years and it's uh, been absolutely fantastic and thoroughly enjoyed uh, covering the games uh, last night down in Porky Rin uh, I got a chance to speak to Sarsfield's captain Aaron Hayes uh, who uh, accepted the cup on behalf of Sars Aaron first off uh, congratulations a great win for you tonight yeah absolutely delighted to get over the moon you know, a uh, big game coming into the championship. So we know BlackRock going to bring everything tonight, and uh, that's why we got a tough test. You know, we're off to a great start. That kind of set the tone for the game. It did. Yeah, we had a good start. You know, we said early on we were going to try run them and use our speed, use our attributes. You know, and it was, we started well. But we knew the Rockies wouldn't give up, and they fought back like they did last year in the championship. But thankfully, we held out tonight. You know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like overall, the league campaign massively beneficial. I suppose, as you mentioned, going into the championship. Yeah, I suppose the last few years we've always kind of been a league team, really. You know, and we're just this year we're trying to build it up slowly and get ready for the championship. You know, thankfully we got over the line. I think we're in a good place now going into the championship. You know, it's a big games coming up in that championship group as well. Yeah, you know, we were very disappointed last year not to get out of the group. You know, um, hurt us a lot. You know, so we're using that as a big driving factor. And also the the late great Teddy McCarthy who sadly passed away, big driving force for us just this year. You know, we know he's watching on us tonight. I was going to say, yeah, it's, quite, it's been a tough, tough couple of weeks, I suppose, for the club. Yeah, it's been a tough one. You know, Teddy was a Sarah's legend. You know, he's a great man to have around the place. And he's a big loss, but we know he's looking down on us, you know, every night down training and every game he's there with us, you know, 100%. What's the target so for the championship? Uh, look, every game's our biggest game, that's the way we're taking it out this year, you know, so we're fully focused on uh, Kentork on the 5th of August, so, or the 5th of August, yeah, so that's all we're looking at at the moment. Well, Larry, thanks, man. Thanks, Millie. Cheers. That's Aaron Hayes there off Sarah's Fields. Very, very windy last night down in Parky Rain. Um, breeze was right to left as we looked uh, at it. Sarah's Fields uh, played into the breeze in the first half and still were ahead at the break. Uh, but yeah, an enjoyable night down in Parky Rain. Huge congratulations to Sarah's Fields. And as Aaron said there, all eyes now on Cantorc in the Championship. Um, it is all square now. Limerick 1-3, Galway 6 points in Croke Park. Uh, we're going to turn our attentions to football and uh, Cork City. Uh, with a good draw last night away to uh, St. Pat's Galway just gotten a goal actually so it's Galway 1-6 Limerick 1-3 can't see who scored it yet but um, it's a cracking game there up in headquarters but uh, Joe Bryan with Marsh Cork's midfielder joined me on the line to discuss uh, Rory Keating's late goal, late goal. Um, his uh, cross-channel interest or the interest in cross-channel clubs in him and uh, plans for the season and plenty more besides Joined on the line now by Joe Brian Whitmarsh after uh, Cork City's dramatic uh, late show last night against St. Patrick's Athletic where they secured a point 
against the side chasing the league title. Joe, first off, thanks very much for joining me on the Big Red Bench today. No hassle. Glad to be here. Um, Joe, that was drama, I suppose, last night, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Look, the character the lads showed throughout the game was, was very good and we did well to get a point. Like Pats are a good team and good form, like so it was a good point on the road to take it. Yeah, and Rory Keating, like he just needs one chance and he really took that chance last night, didn't he? Yeah, it was a great finish. And look, we, we all know what Keats can do in front of goal. He's scored a lot of goals in a team that hasn't created much. So he's doing well for himself this year. And as you said, one chance was all it needs to score. So I'm glad he put it away. I mean, like he had to keep battling and battling uh, until the, the 93rd, 94 minutes to get the equaliser. I mean, like St. Pat's were obviously well organised. And uh, did you ever, I suppose, give up hope that you were going to get take something from the game? No, no, we didn't. Look, obviously going one down away to pass was tough like the fans were good and they were loud so we just had to keep it at 1-0 do you know what I mean and if it goes to 2-0 then it's it's a lot tougher so keeping it at 1-0 and was the main thing and just dig our heels in make sure we don't concede again and as you said there when we get the chance just take it so Exactly did you, did you feel like St. Pats were kind of I suppose pushing for a second goal and were they kind of getting frustrated towards the end of the game? Um, I don't know really they they didn't really have much chances. I I thought they would have pushed on a small bit more. I think they changed formation and stuff. So it, I don't know really what happened there. And but on Aaron, it was just keep battling and keep it at one nil and take that chance when they came, which it did. So uh, take it. yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, for St. Pat's, Jake Mulraney, he scored a cracker down at Turner's Cross, and he scored a cracker again last night. It was a beautiful strike uh, just to watch it on TV. Yeah, it was a great goal. Look, he's he's got a good left foot, and he showed a few times. <laughs> how good of a strike he has and he showed it again last night like so it was a great goal to be fair to him yeah it certainly was I mean he had uh, Tiernan Brooks in goal last night Irish under 21 international uh, a great signing mm. to bring in yeah no he's good character he only came in this week um, but he's got a good personality around the dressing room he's nice and loud dominates the, the six yard box so it's good to have him in nice and comfortable there and tight demanded the box quite well yeah, it's just Before he got injured, yeah. yeah, I was going to say, yeah, it's just a shame he kind of went off injured. But I suppose when Jimmy Corcoran comes on, another Irish under twenty-one international, it looks like that goalkeeping position seems fairly solid now. Yeah, look, there's great competition there now, so that should up the intensity in training and the performances because lads will be constantly fighting for for a place in the team. So it's no harm at all. Yeah, and Conor Dryden got a half an hour last night. Another signing this week from Cove Ramblers. Good to see him in Cork City colours. Yeah, good. Yeah, no, it's a good signing again. It's more competition, so again, should increase the intensity in training. So, yeah, no, it's a good sign. How have you found things since, I suppose, Liam Buckley's come in and Colin's departure, and I suppose, uh, and, and I suppose Liam's announcement last week, that, or the club's announcement, that he'd be in charge for the rest of the season. How have you found Liam Buckley coming in? Yeah, I've, en- I've enjoyed working under Liam. Um, he's different to Colin, um, but I, I've quite enjoyed it, and he, he, he likes to give me a bit of freedom to go express myself. So I've I've quite enjoyed these past couple of months. And I'm looking forward to the next few months as well. Yeah, after the game against Drogheda last night, he was quite critical of his players and the performance. I'd imagine that was something that you wanted to put right last night. Yeah, look, that performance against Drogheda wasn't us. Um, we're a lot better than that. And even though last night wasn't wasn't a great performance in terms of with the ball, we we defended very well and. Like Pats are technically a great team and we didn't give away barely any chances do you know what I mean they had maybe one or two bar the goal and the goal is obviously a worldly so like the performance last night showed a lot of desire and passion and character and stuff so I think yesterday we 
put in a good performance after a poor performance against Drata. So we just need to follow that up against Sligo next week now, which yeah. is a big game. Yeah, exactly. And I suppose they're all big games in the Premier Division, but Sligo, uh, it's always yeah. a tricky place to go. Yeah, Sligo is a tough place to go. We went there to start the season. We're 2-0 up with 10 minutes left and they kept fighting and got a point from that. So it's definitely a tough place to go. So we're going to have to play even better than we did last night to go get a win, which is what we need. And for yourself, Joe, I mean, like, how have you found the season so far? How have you been enjoying it? You've been getting rave reviews for your performances in that uh, Cork City midfield. But how have you found the whole situation, the whole experience, I suppose? I've quite enjoyed it, yeah. Um, like, I'm starting to play a lot more regularly as well, especially these past couple of months, and I'm just trying to get better every game, you know. So I've I've quite enjoyed this season, and I think as a team we can be we can do better because I think we're better than ninth position. So I think we just need to start to become a bit more consistent, and I think we'll fly up the table quite quickly. How did you find, I suppose, combining your footballing duties, I suppose, your leaving cert responsibilities as well? Yeah, it was tough. It was tough, especially like... A few months leading up until leaving start was tough because I'd be training in the morning then I'd be in school until till late enough hours so it was a tough couple of months but look I got it done and I'm happy to be done so I can just focus on the football now Was football kind of I suppose a release or an escape I suppose in the pressures of the leaving cert? Yeah it can be yeah like I even though football is quite a high pressure environment I I feel quite relaxed being in that environment and I've always enjoyed it so like training is something I love so getting to train multiple times a week is quite relaxing so it takes my mind off things anyways at least Exactly and uh, when you google your name Joe I mean like, there's a lot of clubs come up like West Ham Tottenham Chelsea all say they're interested in you I mean like, I can imagine for, for some players that could be quite head turning I mean like how do you cope with that kind of I suppose speculation about your future? Um, I try not to focus on it too much like it's nice to have the attention and to be recognised but like I've got to just keep my focus on what's in front of me now and just keep on proving and just focus on the next game really do you know what I mean I don't try to look too far ahead because that's when life can kind of give you a kick in the arse do you know what I mean so I just look towards the next game and that's it really Yeah I mean like you, I think you went and was a try with West Ham a couple of years ago how did you find that experience? Yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. Um, I went away with a couple of weeks when I was I was only fifteen, I think, in the West when I went to West Ham, and I, I enjoyed it. It's it's quite similar to here now, where it's full time environment, and so that's something that I did enjoy. So, look, as I said, I'm not I'm not focused on other clubs right now, so I'm just happy where I am. Exactly. You scored some some great goals for City this season. I think one of the goals of the season, I think, was your your header from outside the box. You don't see them, <laughs> don't see many of those yeah. these days. Yeah, that was unique. You could say, yeah, uh, yeah, that was that was a good header, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose is um, adding goals to your game. I suppose and getting into those positions is something you've been working on. Yeah, definitely. And when I play as that attacking midfielder, the license from Richie and Liam to get into the boxes—that's what they want me to do. They want me to get my goals, and that's one of my strengths. I think is I've got a knack of the, the, like seeing where the ball is going to fall and stuff. So I. I think I can start to add more goals to my game and that's something I'm trying to improve on. And you seem Definitely. to be yeah, and you seem to be developing a nice little I suppose, um relationship with Rory Keating and Tunde Wallaby and I suppose getting to know their movements as well. Yeah, like Keats and Tunde are constantly on to me about little slip balls and balls in behind and stuff. So like every week just trying to get to understand each other a bit more and stuff, but it's been better these past few weeks, I think, yeah. It certainly has been. Joe, pleasure talking to you today, buddy, and uh, best luck against Sligo next week. Thanks for having me, Rory. Good luck.
Yeah, really enjoyed talking to Joe O'Brien with Marsh there. You're listening to the Big Red Bench on Corks Red FM with Shore. 72 hour non stop protection. And uh, yeah, he certainly has a very level head on his shoulders, doesn't he? Not phased at all by the speculation linking him with uh, some big moves abroad. And you heard him there talk about his, his travel West Ham and, uh, a couple of years back. So yeah, very, very interesting conversation with City's uh, midfield uh, star. And uh, yeah, I'm sure he is going to go on to big, big things in the future. Galway absolutely on fire here in the All-Ireland Hurling semi-final there leading Limerick 111 to 16 was Colin Mannion got a cracking goal uh, for Galway but they had 23 minutes on the clock they're up by 5 111 to 16 uh, let's hear briefly from uh, Liam Buckley who's in conversation with uh, Oshin Langan after last night's game yeah it is an important point for us bearing in mind where we're at at the moment um, and the way the usual results went this evening so um, yeah I'm delighted with it to be honest say Pat's dominated possession and had more chances but City stayed in the game and in the second half you could sense the tension growing around here. Did you take advantage of that and maybe pounce on it in the end? Yeah, well, it was important that we scrapped it out and stayed in the game right to the end. And as I said to them, you'll get a few chances. You'll get two or three chances and if you can get one, you never know what can happen from there. So uh, I didn't plan to have it scored in the 92nd minute, but uh, I'm delighted with the finish uh, from Aruri. Um So look, at, it, as I say, it's, it is a great point. Um, and, and in fairness to the lads, they have worked hard out of possession to make it difficult for Pats to get and too many they can get too many clear cut chances as in like they should have scored you know that kind of way so uh, as I say it's a, a really good point Talk me through the goal because while there was a little bit of luck in the way it fell to Keating there was no luck about the finish but Keane Murphy battled for it I think Conor Drynan was in there as well so that that wasn't an accident That that's good management and good play Yeah look we pushed Conor on obviously from where we're at here losing 1-0 um, as I said they worked hard and in fairness to them you know I, I wouldn't be grudging their point you know kind of and as I said let me look at they put in the same effort right through to the end of the season we'll pick up a few points and hopefully that'll be enough to get us up the table is it a, a moral boosting point in the sense that you know it was second from bottom against second tonight so that like this would not be a place that you'd be expected to come and get anything from no and in fairness to pass having a great season uh, having been up here over the years big crowds uh, I'm delighted to, to doing so well um, but from where I'm at now you know I want Cork up the table uh, so we need to get our project better uh, which we're working on with the lads and we will get it better um, you know we could do transfer when it comes up we can bring in one or two to try and strengthen the group up uh, right through the end of the season and see where we go from there with a stroke of bad luck for your debutant goalkeeper Tiernan Brooks he was playing well and then had to go off injured yeah he's, he's, he's got a kick in the instep so we'll have to wait and see how that is it, it was just bruised up a little bit so uh, hopefully it's not too serious Connor trying and impressed on his debut yeah he's yeah he's, he's very well delighted for him um, we signed him in last week he's only in about a week with us in training so, uh, but he did really well I'm delighted with him yeah. Can we expect more signings from a City point of view? Yeah we'll definitely try and get in one or two it's, it's not that easy um, especially when you look at the local market here in relation to what you can and can't do um, and then getting players in from abroad the timing isn't ideal if they're not fit if they've been off for a month or six weeks etc etc but we're working on it and please go and get in one or two you know, in, through the window yeah, it's Liam Buckley there in conversation with Oshin Langan after uh, last night's game and uh, yeah, good result for City uh, last night. Next up they go to Sligo another former Liam Buckley side uh, this night week and then it's the FA Cup uh, with uh, 3D United the following week. Uh, Galway 6 up on Limerick 112 to 16 26 and a half on the clock there. We're going to take a break. When we come back we're going to talk F1 and we're going to talk boxing. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Red FM.
With Sure 72-hour non-stop protection, tested to the limits. Sure, it won't let you down. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Corks Red FM. Right, the British Grand Prix taking place at Silverstone this weekend. A very, very interesting qualifying session took place. And for more on it, to make some sense of it for us, Sarah McKenzie fully, fully joins us on the line now. And Sarah, Lando Norris looked like he was going to take pole position, but that man, Max Verstappen, he's like a bad smell in that he just does not go away. <laughs> That's a very good description. I think a lot of us would uh, would agree with that. Absolutely. I think at this point, I you know I will get hate from Verstappen fans for this, but I kind of ignore whatever he's doing <laughs> and I sort of just focus on everyone else because that's where that's where the action is. But I mean, you have to say what a performance from both McLaren drivers. Mm. I mean, they've been in the doldrums the entire season, and then all of a sudden they get these upgrades through. And they have a really, you know, Lando has a really strong race in Austria and then Oscar Piastri gets his set of upgrades and they're both, you know, at the top of the grid. So you have to say that's a that's a fairly good return on investment mm. for them. So what have they upgraded? What have they changed with the car? It's a lot to do. So they're, they're a Mercedes engine customer, actually, which is ironic because obviously they're currently outperforming the Mercedes, which doesn't look good for for the Mercs, but it would be less to do with the engine and things like that and more to do with, you know, front wings, floors, a lot of aerodynamics and downforce mm. is really what you're trying to, to figure out because these cars are so wide and they're so heavy that, and you know, I mean, they have changed, they've become that way over time. The tracks have not widened, you know, to, to you know, in, in tandem with that. So you really have to make them easier to drive they're beasts of things to drive so i think once they've figured out where they need to go with their aerodynamics it's really it's really helped them massively obviously you can see the the difference in performance is is huge and also it just gives the drivers a lot more confidence to to attack with the car because if you're really not sure what you've got underneath you and, and the ability of the car then you're just you're not going to be able to go out there full force and as you say, uh, Norris had a good race in Austria last week, so I'd imagine he's confident again of another good performance tomorrow. Totally, and I mean, the home crowd, anyone that, that caught the coverage, they were absolutely going wild for him. I think any any British driver that was going to be up there in the top three was going to get a huge reception, but he is very popular, and I think it's uh, it's great for them. They deserve it. They've been working really hard, and... They had all that drama last year just to secure Oscar Piastri and he's, to be fair to him, has been performing, you know, to the best of his ability and now is showing what he can do in a car that actually is is capable of achieving something. I know you were saying you just kind of pretty much ignore Max Verstappen at this point, but like for him to pick that pole <laughs> position um, on a day like today, it's just, again, I suppose shows his class, shows that he's in the best car. Yeah, 100%. And I think it's even more glaring because his teammate Perez has failed, you know, to get to get into a decent position in qualifying for the fifth time in a row. He's missed Q3 now, five races in a row, which is just, it's kind of unfathomable, really. And there's a lot of calls for him to be replaced. I think, you know, we've been seeing a lot of Daniel Ricciardo in the background lately. Uh, he's kind of the worse Perez's performance have been the more present he seems to be which is quite interesting so I don't know whether they would make a call that big they seem kind of Christian Horner seems hesitant to to say anything concrete really on it mm. but I think I mean he Perez can't keep performing the way that he is 
in that car and retain his seat. It's just not realistic. Uh, the Mercedes duo George Russell, uh, Lewis Hamilton, sixth and seventh. George Russell, after practice on Friday, said that Mercedes were nowhere. He's getting very frustrated with that car. Mm. It's really interesting because they they really were. It looked like their early telemetry. It looked like they were going to be P seventeen and eighteen, and they managed to qualify in sixth and seventh. So I think actually. Mick Schumacher was in anyone on that follows him on social media would have seen that he was in the simulator in the Mercedes factory until quarter past two this morning. Mm. So I think the work that he did there really helped them to improve the setup for qualifying today. And then obviously they are going to need to translate that to race pace tomorrow, which is a different a different kettle of fish. But it's just very hot and cold. You know, we saw Lewis Hamilton struggling massively in the last race as well to control the car. So I think I still think, to be quite honest, that they're not really certain why it behaves the way it does, and that's obviously a worry if they're if they're going to try and be making improvements throughout the season. Weather-wise, tomorrow it looks like it's going to be okay, which I suppose mm-hmm. um, is probably good news for all the drivers, and I suppose the spectators there as well. Yeah, I think you know we, Silverstone, obviously British weather similar to ours, it can be very changeable. We've seen a little bit of rain, but not enough to kind of worry the drivers too much. And as you say, it looks like it will be dry for the Grand Prix tomorrow, which hopefully we'll still get some good racing. I think the grid is somewhat shaken up, obviously, with those two McLarens up the top. And you also have the Aston Martins further down than they would like to be. So I think we might see, you know, depending on the tyre degradation, I think we might see some split strategies to try and push push people further up the grid when they haven't qualified as well so I think it'll be an interesting one tomorrow and as for who will take the checkered flag I suppose we can't look beyond Max Verstappen yeah I think so you know barring any uh, any major <laughs> shocking shocking incidents I think that's that's probably a good bet to place I think you know I would love to see a McLaren on the podium I just think if they could convert what they've done today in qualifying into a really high point scoring result, I think that would be massive for them. And then I think the third place is probably up for grabs from one of the Ferraris. I think they're going to really try and spoil the McLaren party tomorrow. I think Mercedes are probably just that little bit off on this, as I say, barring anything anything major, which you can't rule out at Silverstone. There's been yeah. some, some kind of crazy moments there over the years. So we'll have to wait and see. Exactly. All right, we're looking forward to a good race tomorrow and you'll have a reaction on tomorrow evening show with Aidan Woodfrow. Sarah McKenzie Foley, thanks for joining us on The Big Red Bench. Thanks, William. Listening to the Big Red Bench with Sure, selling to our non-stop protection. Always a pleasure having uh, Sarah on to talk F1. Um, Limerick have gotten it back right up against Galway. Galway were five points up at one point. Limerick have uh, reeled them back in. It's Galway one thirteen, Limerick one twelve. That game is approaching half time. All right, we're going to talk boxing. A couple of weeks back, Tommy Hyde picked up his uh, latest professional win uh, as a boxer, and it was his first uh, pro fight on home soil as well. It was a fantastic occasion up in uh, Grand Abraha in the parochial hall and the place was absolutely electric on the car promoted by Martin Horgan of Siam Warriors as he went uh, 5-0 and oh, as he beat uh, Salim ben Rajeb. He was a tough uh, Frenchman and uh, uh, certainly gave uh, Tommy a decent test but Tommy took all uh, five, no he didn't, he took five rounds out of six on the referee scorecard but just the atmosphere uh, was something else um, as soon as he came out he walked out to um, the ball and chain or make this love right by Romantony and the place went 
absolutely berserk. It was absolutely brilliant. Um, and uh, he picked up a, a good win and an impressive performance. I had Tommy in with me a couple of days after the fight's talk, but we haven't had a chance to play the interview until now. But this is my chat uh, with Tommy Hyde, who has a massive future ahead of him in boxing. All right, delighted to be joined in studio by Tommy Hyde, who went 5 and on front of his home fans last Saturday night at a sold-out parochial hall in Grona Braher. It was an absolutely incredible night, fantastic atmosphere, and Tommy, delighted you could join us. Thanks for coming in, buddy. Thanks for having me in again, Rory. Uh, always a pleasure, buddy. Um, you got to start with the, this, the atmosphere on Saturday night. It was one of the best atmospheres I've ever witnessed at a fight. Have you ever witnessed anything like that? Um, I Probably probably when I was younger, going to the Bernard fights and all that, they were, they were world title fights, so like to be able to do that in my fifth fight at home in the Pro Hall as well, it was, it was a special night. Like, is a homecoming for you? Um, you were supposed to fight at home last year, that didn't happen. Um, it must have been an incredibly special moment for you just to, to step out of that curtain and see that crowd that had amassed there for you. So, I'm after visualizing that, I'd say, nearly every night since last April. So, to finally do it, it was even better than what I visualized. So, it was just, it was unbelievable. I could nearly name everyone in the crowd. <laughs> and it was uh, just unreal seeing them all singing along and everyone having a great night. Yeah, it was just genuinely incredible. I mean, like, uh, I was the, the MC announcer. When I announced your name, the place just went wild. It had been building up all night anyway. And then when you just walked out, it was like Elvis had returned. Like, you know what I mean? It was just, I've never actually seen something like that before in Cork. It was just amazing. Yeah, it was brilliant. And our bar is only two minutes down the road. And apparently, there was Kevin Cronin was fighting as well. So all his fans were down in the bar. And then everyone that was coming to support me, so there was Cork and Kerry flags. They're saying it was like the All Iron Final in Crow Park or something like that. Yeah. So I was just hearing stories like that and everyone having once everyone had a good night that's my main thing but I'm, I'm delighted that it went off so well and, and it was just a, it was a good fight then as well like to sell out parochial hall and watch your fifth fight is just it's it's incredible yeah I, I actually don't want to fight anywhere else now like I'm after getting greedy you know all I want to do is fight in Cork but obviously I'm going to be fighting other places but I can't wait to come back to Cork again now you've obviously had support at all your previous um, pro fights but uh, to, to have 600 people there just for you must have been a very special feeling I guess yeah it was it was unreal um, the sport was the sport has always been unreal and it's grown all the time and um, I'm very proud of it. I'm pr- very proud of, of of what I'm doing, and I'm very proud of everyone coming to see me. Yeah, and it was the first time a, a boxing show, a pro boxing show, been in Cork for quite a while, and it shows that there is an attitude for pro boxing shows in Cork. Yeah, there, like there's there's about six pros in Cork now, to Minnesota. Like, why why can't we all be on the one show? Do you know what I mean? I I I just showed I can sell it out myself. But um, it'd be great to have all the Cork lads on it. Yeah, it certainly would be all right. And there's certainly plenty of talent in Cork there to fill up that Carmina Cahill Crowley fought the other night. He had a, a great fight as well. Yeah, Cahill. And I train with Cahill. I do strength and conditioning with Cahill. He's a gent. And uh, it's great to see him doing well. We're the same way as well. So hopefully I win the Celtic title, then he wins it after me. Then I win the Irish title, he wins it. And we keep going that way. So it'd be brilliant. <laughs> That'll be the way to do it. You keep dropped it down Cork. to super yeah. middle for this, did you? Yeah, uh, it was just above super middle for this one. And I'd probably, I'd probably stay at the same way 78 kilos for the next one and then go down to hopefully we get back in Cork at the end of this year and get a Celtic title of Super Middleweight Why did you drop down from light heavy? Um, I just my trainer said that he reckons I'd be able to make it handy enough Did and you? Yeah I was obviously you're, you're going to be a bit cranky if I if I'd lose <laughs> one kilo I'd, I'd be cranky but with the no food I love my grub but uh, <laughs> yeah I, I made it alright um, I felt comfortable enough and I, I was big enough at light heavyweight so I'm going to be huge at Super Middle yeah, you're very, very tall, very, very rangy. You could see that on Saturday night yeah. against your opponent. Yeah, just 
that was that was the plan then was just use the range and keep it keep it long with him. Don't leave him in close. And when he got in close, he wasn't able to do much anyway because I was able to smother him and kind of ruin his work. Yeah, it was he was a proper pro. Um, it was a selling Ben Rajab you fought on, on Saturday night. Um, you could see he'd been around a while and he knew how to survive in that fight. Yeah, he was only stopped once and that was last year for the French title against a fellow with like 20 or you know, 20 knockouts. So mm. like, and that was the seven round as well. So if I had seven eight round, I might have stopped him too. Mm. But um, yeah, it was a great experience, great learning fight. And on to the next one. Now. Were you disappointed not to get the, the finish in front of the hometown fans? I was. I thought I thought the fourth or fifth round I called him an uppercut and I seen he kind of buzzed him a bit but yeah. I, I just kind of rushed it and uh, as I said great learning fight so I know what to do the next time. Yeah, six solid rounds like you know yeah. and six exciting rounds as well. Your fans certainly weren't disappointed. No, they weren't and uh, I would have loved to get a knockout for everyone that came but... They didn't, at the end of it, they didn't care. They didn't seem to care anyway because uh, it was just it was so loud and, and the great buzz. Yeah, I think everyone knew that you'd won the fight before. It was even announced 59-55, you won every round bar once. So that shows you how dominant you were. Yeah, I, I felt very comfortable. I thought I actually thought I won every round myself, but so that's, that, the, yeah. that's the way it goes. Uh, I think that was a simply round from the ref, yeah, was if, it? If that's all I can complain about, I don't, I don't mind. <laughs> yeah, how was your preparation in the build-up to this? Were you in the States before, Ender? Yeah. I was in Los Angeles for a month and I was getting brilliant sparring there with tough Mexican lads and you get every style over there, European styles, Mexicans, Americans, so you're sparring every, everyone and um, it's just great learning, learning the gym every day and uh, that's, that's what I need to do at this, this stage of my career, keep learning and keep building and improving. Yeah, you're cer- you certainly kept very busy this year so far and I'd imagine the plan is to, to remain busy for the rest of the year. Yeah, hopefully another fight now in August, October and then maybe November or December so I'll have three more this year and then I'll be, ho- please God, eight and all at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, like, that'll be a fantastic achievement to have eight fights in a year, considering, like, last year or the year before, you didn't know if you could box again. Yeah, so, like, the, the plan was to actually fight once every month, but with different injuries now and stuff like that. Uh, I hurt my hand in January, and I've kind of been fighting with, I would say one hand, but I was kind of resting the hand in, in training and stuff mm. like that and just saving it for the fight. So I haven't been fighting at 100%, and I've still been getting knockouts and good performances, so the hands are nearly back to normal now again, and... Um, I'm ready to go on again in August. I'd, I'd fight. I'd fight in Cork again next week if I could. Like, but uh, we'll have to wait a couple of months. Are you going to give yourself any like time off for holiday or anything, or is it just straight into training? Uh, no. Um, so I was hoping to go away, but when I got to, when I got told I, I could have a fight in August, I'd probably go away after that. No, um, I'd be back working in the bar now Friday. So I'm kind of bored at the minute. I'm. I'm not. I took a few days off training, so I'm just walking around town and. Eating a lot of rubbish, like really, just eating burgers and stuff like that. But so You're I'm getting sick of that, that. Yeah, I'm getting sick of that now as well. Though. I feel like a blob at the minute. Now, so <laughs> looking forward to going back training, back to work. Um, what was the atmosphere like back in Hannibal's after you, after Saturday night? It was the same as the Procol Hall. I I got back about twenty minutes, thirty minutes after everyone, and there was just there was about two hundred people outside the bar because they couldn't get inside. And then when I went inside, sure, I was up on the counter and all. I don't even drink, but I was high on life. I was <laughs> up on the counter, and it was just an unbelievable night. Yeah, and you just say just straight back to work this. Friday now in the bar again. Yeah, yeah, I was straight back to work. I was actually, I was, I was collecting broken glasses and all there on Saturday night. So people were saying, "I should get the night off." <laughs> you never get a day off, I said. Yeah. <laughs> if my mom heard me now, she'd be, she'd be giving out because I, I get the cushy hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the handy thing about that alright um, Martin Horgan put on Saturday's show he deserves a lot of credit for putting it on and putting I suppose professional boxing back on in Cork of course um, Martin brought it back people have been screaming for pro, pro boxing people brought back to Cork and, and Martin was the man to do it we were going to do it last year and, and fair play to Martin he's after doing it and he's talking about going again now so it's um, he's, he's keeping the show going in, in Cork at the minute and uh, fair play to him yeah it was a brilliant show everyone enjoyed it and yeah Everyone that texts me is after just saying, what a night, when's the next one? So it's brilliant. (laughs) 
Um, as you mentioned, I suppose you're you're looking for like healthy titles, you're looking for titles now at the moment. What's the the long term plan? I mean, like, have you anyone in mind? Or I mean, like, have you put the super middleweight division on notice? How's it going? I think there's about there's about six or seven Irish lads down the super middleweight division. So any of them, I don't I don't mind. I'm yeah. I'm easy going. Like I'm as boxers, we'll fight anyone really. Like you know what I mean? So. We're not going to shy away from anyone, and I'm definitely not going to shy away from anyone. Mm. I'm, I'll fight any of them. Yeah, they must be eyeing you up as well, seeing this kid come up five and zero in the first couple of months. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I'd say some of them were a couple, uh, a couple of them are a bit jealous there with, because it's, it's hard to get fights. Like, it's hard to be kept busy like that. And I'm only pro since December and five and zero already, so I'm very lucky. Um, I've great support. That's that's why I'm able to get all this, mm. get this action, and and stay busy all the time. So I'm I'm very lucky with the support I'm getting from everyone. Yeah, I was going to say they must be jealous of your support as well. I don't know of many five no boxers who have the level of support you have. Yeah, it's savage. It's it's unreal, and and it's only grown as well. So it's there's there's huge things coming. Like yeah, it certainly. Yeah, I mean like um, it's going to be very very fascinating. A couple of months, few hopefully three more wins by the end of the year. But Tommy, thanks for coming in today, buddy. Congratulations on the win again, and looking forward to seeing you perform again. Thanks very much, Rory. Thanks, yeah, I'm a huge fan of that kid there, Tommy White. Um, so, um, great performance up in Proctor Hall a couple of weeks back and uh, really looking forward to seeing what's uh, next for him. Um, as he said, three more fights hopefully this year and then a big, big 2024 ahead for Tommy Hyde. Now, also falling on that uh, card was Carl Crowley um, who uh, put in an excellent performance. He went 2-0 as a pro and he's getting some very, very high-level training up in the Celtic Warriors gym with Packy Collins up in Dublin and uh, Spike O'Sullivan's uh, trainer. So, uh, Spike was in his corner as well so I got to speak to Cahal about his fight in Parochial Hall Alright delighted to be joined in studio now by uh, Cork boxer Cahal Crowley who's moved to 2-0 and in his professional career after a recent win at the Parochial Hall Cahal good to see you buddy thanks for coming in No bother pleasure to be here Rory um, Let's start with that night in Grand Abraha um, first off uh, great atmosphere it was a, a great night and you had a very solid win over Patrick Polisic who's been around the block a bit and was a tough opponent Yeah it was good um uh, it was a tough, tough night's work, uh, but I got got the job done and uh, performed well. Uh, he was a bit tougher than I thought he would be. I thought he could have got him out of there, but uh, he was there for the the long, the long run. It was your first pro fight in Cork as well. I mean, like the atmosphere was something else. Yeah, yeah, the atmosphere was electric inside there. Um, it was, I was nervous, uh, ner- nervous about crumbling under pressure, but I didn't. I was <laughs> when I when I walked out and when I got in the ring. Felt at home, felt great. And was that just nerves that like all your family and friends are there, you're fighting in Cork, was it, or was it just, just uh, because it's your second profile, I suppose? Uh, it's more more the crowd, the size of the crowd. It was um it would have been the most people I've boxed in front of by a good good number, like 'cause in, as an amateur you fight in front of like small like small crowds and maybe a hundred, two hundred people at yeah. max. And then uh my first my debut was in Dublin and draw like at the start of the card. So like there was only like, yeah. like 100, 150 people in there as well at that as well so it was a massive leap up to like the over a thousand I think there <laughs> as you say Patrick was a, a tough opponent um, do you feel if you had the six rounds you might have gotten him out of there yeah definitely I was uh, working a lot to the body and uh, I was fresh after the four rounds I was fresh but he, he was he was he was goosed. <laughs> <laughs> but I think all those old veterans they're just so tough they know how to, to see out fights and they know how to get to the end of the, the, the fight yeah, he was he was good at um he'd like cover up for a good chunk of the round and then he'd like throw a big flurry at the towards the end, you know, and he he'd showed he was still still there. But trying to get the, the judges' attentions like yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. Trying to make yeah, trying to make up the scores, you know. But uh yeah, it was good. It was good uh, good experience. Uh going it was my first time doing even doing four rounds because the my debut was stopped in the third. 
and uh, I've never gone past that. I've never gone past the third round. So yeah, all the rounds called rounds in the bank, I suppose. Yeah. What was the message then from the corner in between rounds? Just keep going, keep doing what you're doing, or really tell you to tweak things and adjust things, or? Uh, yeah, the, the message in the corner after the first round was like, keep doing what I was doing, and that I should have got him out of there. You know, that I, I could have got him out of there, especially with the body work. Um, I was laying into the body a lot, and uh, but then again, it was a four-round fight, and that 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 would show more dividends in a yeah. six, eight-round fight when the when their rounds are longer and they'd be gas now. It's <laughs> not many people who can say they spike O'Sullivan in the corner. How much of help is he? Yeah, he's great help, good man to have on your side with all experience and knowledge and wisdom, John. He was just telling me like he was telling me that just keep tip, keep doing what they're doing, like you know and. I train with him on the regular, like uh, terribly nice guy, isn't he? Just one of the nicest, like. Yeah, he's really nice. Yeah, he's him now and um, Dave O'Connell, um, my uh, strength, he's our strength and conditioning coach. They're the reason I basically I, I turned pro. I started training with Dave when I was still an amateur, and uh, got a few dodgy decisions uh, my last couple of fights as an amateur, and uh, so I was talking to them about turning pro, and then they, when Spike was fighting Lara in New York. Uh, they, they spoke, gave me a good word to Pastor mm. Collins and uh, brought me up to the gym uh, a couple of weeks after uh, the Lara fight. Uh, how'd you get up with Pascal then? Good, yeah. He's, he's, uh, he's some knowledge there as well. You know, he's, uh, he knows what he's talking about. He's been through uh, 20 years in America or something he was saying. And he's been around all the gyms, around his his brother Steve Collins, yeah. Freddie Roach, all the Petronellis, all the great trainers like that have trained some of the world-class fighters of the past, like, you know. So he knows what he's talking about. Exactly, a wealth of experience there um, Pascal has, in fairness. How would you describe yourself as a fighter? Uh, I describe, uh, describe myself as a pressure fighter. Uh, I like to come forward and just not take a step back and just lay, lay into it. Like, <laughs> I, I, can, I can box as well. Though, like I've, I've, not just a brawler? Like. No, nah, I can box. Uh, I, I've two All-Irelands as an amateur, so like, I, I can box if it, it needs... If it needed to be, like if a fellow was too, too, <laughs> too tough, and or if I hurt my hand or something like that, and if I, yeah. I could box my way to the decision, like I'm, yeah. I'm a technical boxer as well. But uh, the goal really is the professional game is about it's the heart business, like you mm. know. So it's about uh, breaking people down and coming forward and putting on a show for the fans as well. You know, it's yeah, a, yeah. It's a entertainment sport. Um, you said your last couple of amateur fights went again went against you. That kind of leave a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah, it did. Uh, um, what happened? So my last All Ireland final um, fight got stopped, but it was like it, this should not have been stopped. Like I, it got a, a left hook, but I was going back at the same time, and uh, the ref just was counting, count, gave me you know like the A count yeah. that you get in the amateur, and uh, I was just la- I was literally laughing in his face, like waving my hands, saying like I'm. I'm grand, like it's not <laughs> and then he just he waved it off, and uh, yeah, um, that was been so frustrating. That was though, so was frustrating, yeah. And then I fought on them for another few months. Fought in San Francisco, and then I fought in the Celtic Box Cup in Dungarvan. That was that was like the final nail in the straw. Like I um, was boxing a lad from Portugal, and uh, I I would have said I handily won the fight. Now, like, yeah. And lots of people came up to me afterwards saying like. You won that fight, like you know. But I think what could have happened was there was a problem with the scoring system. Right. In between, after the first round, 
the um, scoring system went down so they lost the first round and then they started handing out pieces of paper and right. like, it was kind of like I was like do you think they just made a mistake or something yeah. but uh, no, I got no they, were, they weren't overturned it anyway so <laughs> I just said I'm Good done with that now, like. so was the, the plan was obviously always to turn pro was it and did this just yeah. speed it up a bit yeah actually my the, day, the reason I made my debut I was going to give the All-Irelands one last like shot it was in um it was October, November last year. Yeah. And uh, so what happened is I fought in the elites, which is like the highest level of amateur boxing, in COVID, during COVID, during lockdown, but I only had one fight. And uh, I didn't win the all It was in the All-Irons. I lost in the semi-final. Uh, and uh, so what they said was, anyone who has fought at elite can't compete in these senior All-Irons. Right. And then, like... I was like, I'm not, it's not like I've been, it's not like I'm an elite, like veteran yeah. or anything, like I fought once. And then, so then that was in October, and then the debut came around in November. And I was training up at Pascal anyway, because as you said, the goal was always to turn pro, like eventually. Yeah. And then someone fell through on the card in November up in Dublin, and I just fell in really. I just said, I'd, I'd do it. Like, no matter. No matter. <laughs> and you said you were nervous before your fight in Cork. Were you nervous before that fight in Dublin? Uh, not really, no, because um, like I fought, I fought plenty of times. It was in the national stadium, and I fought there plenty of times, and against high level competition. Like, so. yeah. And I, I don't, I don't really get nervous when you train. When, when I train, right? You know, when, when I know I'm after putting all the work in, I don't really get nervous. Like. It was great to see professional boxing back in Cork, and it's certainly been a while. Um, Tommy obviously headlined that night, and he got a great one as well. Um, Callum Walsh is doing great things over in America, so the Cork boxing is in a very good place at the moment. Yeah, I'd say it's in the best place it's been ever, I'd say. Um, to be honest, uh, you had Spike leading the way there for a while, but uh, on his own, really. Like, yeah. you know, there's a, a couple of great, like Vladimir Bajewski there, he was fighting last night in a, on a Sky Sports card. Uh, he lost, unfortunately, but he's fighting. So he he's from he represents Mitchelltown. Yeah. Uh, we have Stephen Cairns fighting over in England, trained with Dave Caldwell. Callum Alch over in LA with Freddie Roach and Tommy over in LA as well but he's living in Cork yeah. <laughs> and myself up with Pascal in Dublin but living in Cork as well so there's a big big talent group there coming and uh, hopefully we all make it to the top Yeah fingers crossed buddy I mean like what's next for you now I mean like what's your ultimate I suppose goal and aim in the sport of boxing uh, Overall I'd, I'd want to be a world champion uh, but that'd be in a good couple of years now uh, I want to build build myself right and uh, get the right fights the right times you know um, I want to have another three fights before the end of the year and then go for like a Celtic title early next year mm. so my next fight now will be stepping up to six rounds and uh, on, on from there then yeah how do you feel about the step up to six rounds doesn't really phase you no it doesn't phase me I've been um, I've been sparing since since I went up to Pascal in I went up there I think last June I think or July mm-hmm. um, I've been sparring six rounds since then you know, so like six rounds is not a bother and uh, you know, a lot of times I spare eight rounds so yeah. six rounds is handy like. as you say like Pascal has been there done it all bought the t-shirt I mean like he's a great man to be I suppose advising you and shaping your career yeah I trust him now with uh, picking the right fights and uh, guiding what way I go and uh yeah, he's he's the he's the man with the plan, as you'd say. Yeah. When did you start boxing? Uh, I started when I was uh, eleven. 
I, I boxed in a Spartan boxing club there. It's down in Turns Cross. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I boxed there since I was 11. And... Uh, Ten years, ten years there. <laughs> so, what is it about boxing? I suppose that made you stick with it. I suppose as opposed to other sports. Um, I say, I suppose it was the only sport I was really good at. <laughs> is what happened at yeah. start. I've do, I've done everything. I've done soccer, Gaelic, hurling. I think I even I think I even done basketball there at one stage. <laughs> um, but then uh, uh, just a fellow in my class in a sixth class just went. Uh, he was on about that. He was joined the boxing club and then. I just said I'd uh, just go down with him one day, like, and <laughs> that was it. Here hooked. we are, here we are, like. <laughs> Ten years later, you're a professional. Like, who would have thought that? Like, yeah, no, it's fantastic to see it, buddy. Mayor, uh, it's been a pleasure having you in, Cahill, and thanks very much. We'll obviously be keeping a, a very close eye on your career as you move forward. Uh, congratulations on the win again, and uh, no doubt we'll see you again another couple of victories before the end of the year. Not a bother. Thanks, Roy. Yeah, really enjoyed that conversation with Carl Crowley. Keep an eye out for him. Big things coming for him in the sport of boxing. We're out of time. It's one fourteen apiece. St. Limerick and Galway second half just underway. We're back tomorrow from 6 Aiden in the hot seat. And uh, our podcast will be online, redfm.ie, on the Go Loud Network very, very shortly indeed. Stevie's up next. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday night, folks. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM.